السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته. What are we doing? We're going to the office. You're in the office, brother. Today we find ourselves in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, known for its picturesque mountains, scenic coastlines, and mediocre hockey team. It has also become famous for hosting one of Western Canada's longest and largest Islamic conferences, Generation Muslim. Generation Muslim has a mission to vitalize and build Muslim communities in an engaging and educational environment. This year's Generation Muslim invited one of United Kingdom's most well-known scholars, Sheikh Haytham Haddad, world travel teacher and counselor Ustad Gabriel Romani, community leader and Islamic jurisprudence scholar Sheikh Abdurrahman Murad, and Islamophobia and government policy expert Abu Ayyub Afdal. Along with myself, Dr. Sayyid ibn Iqbal, and the rest of the team from the Life Hawk podcast. At this year's conference, attendance reached full capacity and the atmosphere was electric. Where else can you find mothers, fathers, teenagers, young kids, professionals, and thinkers gathered together in celebration of their faith? Filled with stimulating lectures, delicious food, lively bazaars, engaging conversations and discussions, fun and sun, this was the place to be in the Lower Mainland. We found no better occasion to film our next episode for the Life Hub podcast. The schedule of the conference was jam-packed and time was short. Ustad Gabriel Romani and I needed to get across the Lower Mainland to downtown Vancouver in order to meet with Sheikh Haytham for an important discussion. We needed a vehicle that reflected muscle and manhood. A vehicle that exuded elegance and strength. A vehicle that reflected the personality of our precious cargo, Ustad Gabriel. We needed a 5-liter twin-independent variable cam V8 engine boasting 450 horsepower generating 410 pounds of torque. We needed a Ford Mustang GT. A vehicle not just for any Fulan, but one that could carry the fast and for sand. Join us as we filmed a raw and unfiltered podcast weaving through traffic en route to meet Sheikh Haytham in one of Canada's most famous Turkish cafes along Vancouver Harbor. No, I'm not worried at all. I rely on God, Allah. So have you enjoyed your time here in Vancouver? So far, mashallah, bro. That's yeah. the weather. Alhamdulillah. That's good. This is not a good impression of Canada, though. I'm sorry. Really? Yeah, because oh. it's not as nice. You're going to get a, like, too high of an expectation. So when we bring you to the prairies where it gets minus 40, 50. I know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Windsor compared to, to this place. Mashallah, it's like a different country. Bro. Yeah, yeah. I don't like uh, Windsor. Even Toronto. Yeah, Toronto can get really cold. It's like bone chilling cold. But even like, I mean, the setup and the, I mean, I don't feel like I'm in Canada. Okay? It's a different vibe. Three, four weeks ago, I went to the UK. Back here in Canada, I feel like I'm in a different country. What about the vibe you get from the Muslims here? Alhamdulillah. 
much. It seems like people are trying their best to, uh, to do that. There's a lot of challenges out here in these streets. You know about the Vancouver. Yeah, Vancouver is yeah. uh, definitely. Uh, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, these are three cities that definitely have a lot of challenges. A lot of fitting. But you know, the thing is, I don't know if the Muslim community's challenges are as bad as, for example, the UK. Yeah. I'm not sure how, if you guys know about the gangs, the Muslim gangs in the UK. I mean, we have pockets. So I would say, you know what, back when I was growing up, yeah, the gang was a little bit more of a bigger challenge, right? Mm. Like a bigger issue we we're dealing with. Even myself, you know, getting involved with certain friends, mm -hmm. you know, it was a little bit dangerous. Like, right. I won't lie to you, that's probably the biggest issue that we were dealing with. But it's different. It's way different. You talk to the young brothers here, that's not their biggest challenge. Like, right. as, with the exception of certain areas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Toronto, still there's some areas uh, where you have high gang activity. Edmonton actually used to have quite a bit. Calgary used to have the Lebanese gangs mm -hmm. and things like mm -hmm. that. But nowadays it's different. Like, I think the biggest challenge people are dealing with is like honestly speaking it's like like this fascia and all these vices i'd say vices you yeah. know what i mean like the the video games the phones the social media yeah. you know brothers are like they're just built different they're being built different these days yeah. Yeah. you know no, what i mean no, no, no. like you would go i'll give you an example back in the day a brother wouldn't be close to the dean Right? right, but because he's part of that gang life, if somebody attacks the dean or another Muslim, right. I've I witnessed this. Yeah. A Muslim gets attacked in a school because it's a Muslim. Everyone they're gonna go and, and rumble. There's yeah. there's gonna be yeah, something yeah. going down yeah, because yeah. of the Izza. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Nowadays it's like they don't have that. They don't have that. Okay, if somebody's attacking Islam, we're like we're gonna go stand up for it. Their fitting is different. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I don't know. Do you see that? Like you deal with a lot with uh, you know the counseling and all that. Again, it depends in which country you are. I would say that the challenges here in Canada, USA, as you said, are more virtual challenges that are hurting the soul as opposed to the body, if you know what I mean? Yeah. So back in the days, and even with back in the days, you would have people getting hurt. And even now with the gangs, you get hurt. Yeah. But subhanAllah, what's more dangerous, getting hurt or getting your soul destroyed? Yeah. Both are dangerous, but when you lose your soul, yeah, you die every single day. Yeah. So I would say the more more dangerous challenge. The coward dies a thousand deaths, right? The coward dies a thousand deaths. Yes, the valiant only dies, dies once. It is a type of cowardish behavior when you get involved in these kind of activities. Yeah. You got pornography. You got uh, the addiction to video games, mobile phones, all kinds of weird stuff online, bro. Like every day they come up with some kind of weird. Yeah weird they like i thought i heard everything <laughs> right yeah then there'll come some nasty stuff yeah that's on the dark web or then it makes its way onto mm. kids laptop or mobile phone yeah there is a movement i've seen it more so amongst uh, non-muslims but there is a movement generally speaking of like people getting back to like manhood like going outdoors like there are literally groups of families in alberta and bc especially that want to go off the grid they like they want to just yep. take a, like build a like a self-sustaining house yep. your own water source you create your own electricity and just do homeschooling go off the grid right and like just getting back to the basic elements of what makes 
uh, like a man a man or a woman a woman right so there is a movement I've seen like a huge push towards this and actually for example like the homeschooling thing that's been growing even prior to COVID by the way right it was growing like almost doubling every year the type of students you would get in this homeschooling classes right or the number there is a movement towards that do you see that same thing in the Muslim community of getting back to like basic things learning basic skills how to farm how to grow your own food that's a, that's a big thing now right. it's like they'll have these groups how can we like grow our, our own food how can we just be self-sustaining how can we raise our own animals in the Western community I don't know in Malaysia I've seen it yeah there was a uh, brother a lot of mercy on him was a convert who wrote the positive science psychology book mm. and in that there's a chapter for self-sustainability and pharmaculture and yeah it's quite interesting model that he had on how to live and how to get back to nature mm. call it the wild right mm. it's getting back to your fitra and the argument was that you look around you live a very un unhealthy lifestyle heart attacks uh, cancer the immune system uh, the immune deficiency yeah. problems mm. why why is it happening yeah. it's because of the lifestyle that we live the food that we eat the air that we, we breathe, even the sedimentary lifestyle that we're involved in. We go out of nine to five, sit in an office on a chair, we barely move, get stuck in traffic, low sperm count, uh, low testosterone, mm. chemicals all the time, soaps, shampoos, mm. uh, deodorants, everything is, is, is chemicals, right? And so people are trying to go back to their fitra. Yeah. Um, Muslim community, as I said, mostly in Malaysia, what I've seen in the West, I'm sure there are a few. But it's not something that we are promoting. Mm. The Muslims, we love to be with the system, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just, it's something that uh, post colonial Muslim countries have been very good mm. at just kind of being within the, the system. Yeah. Um, alhamdulillah, I think when the first generations of Muslims came to the West, they're a bit more innovative. Yeah. They started creating different systems. But now we're kind of plugged in. We're not really uh, innovating or inventing mm. things that are tailor-made for the Muslim needs. Mm. And I would say, I would argue that right now we do need to unplug. Now, look, the reality is you have to live within this world. Yeah. Prophet himself, yeah, he would go to Ghar Hira, but then he would come down. He wouldn't yeah. stay there all the yeah, time, 100%. right? So, no doubt. Actually, now you say that in Mecca, the custom was for the kids not yeah, to be exactly. raised in Mecca, in Mecca to go out, to outside. rural, That's right. cleaner environment. But then they would come back, right? Yeah. Once they get their strength. So I think you need to unplug. Make that foundation, Make maybe. that foundation. But then unplug on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, these retreats, time to, you know, just connect again back to the fitra, recharge. Yeah. And get back to, to war. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with regards to... Yes, getting back to masculinity and fitra, I think the non-Muslims are more into it. The Muslims who are into it yeah. are mostly leaning towards the non-Muslim guidance that's available out there mm. within masculinity, within reconnecting with the fitra, with uh, nature and so on. <coughs> Again, because the Muslims are not talking about it. Yeah. So this is something You know that what's interesting? There's a book I was, uh, I was reading, I just want to remind myself the title. It's called The Rise of the Triumph of the Modern Self. Mm. Okay. So this guy, he talks about essentially how identity politics has taken over everything, yeah, the effects of liberalism, mm. the background, all this different stuff, right? So he talks about transgenderism, all these different things. Mm. So it was interesting to note is those early liberal thinkers, what they would do is they would put like the evidence or one of the analogies that they would give or proofs they would give for their ideas, their liberal ideas, was that human beings have to go back to nature. So 
so can you imagine this? So they're, they're trying to show that, oh, we want to go back to our nature and they're arguing against marriage. They're arguing say, against a lot of these human conventions and institutions say that we need to be follow our animalistic desires, mm -hmm. right? So their concept of going back to nature was uh, to uh, remove yourself from like the machine that's causing us to be part of these customs that's not like natural right. with the environment, right? Isn't it interesting when you don't have a firm foundation, Dean, that now many same non-Muslims are arguing to go back to nature uh, to actually achieve the opposite, that we can have traditional marriages, that we can have traditional households and you know whatever gender roles, all of these different things. So I think what you mentioned how how Muslims are just if we let these non-Muslims like set the tone, we let them like follow their lead, right. they're also like it's it always changes. Like the reasoning, the foundation is always gonna keep yeah. changing, right? We need to know why are we going back out to exactly. nature? What is the purpose of it, right? What is the outcome that we want yeah. from that? Yeah. You know? We're not testing. Like we yeah. know what we what we have to achieve. It's already there. Our curriculum is set. Yeah. You know, these guys test, or oh, let's see, then they change. Yeah. And they come yeah. up with something new. Then new philosophies and new understandings come. Yeah. But for us, it's like it's always been consistent. Yeah. Consistency in, in the way we look at life, our objectives have always been consistent. But we don't we don't take the means. We've, we've settled for a very comfortable lifestyle. Mm. Comfort and mediocrity is just death, man. Yeah. Especially in today's world, it's just a dog-eat-dog -dog world. And the Muslims are saying, just chill, man. Don't worry, it's okay. Oh, you're good enough. Yeah. This is good enough. Just make dua, brother. <clears throat> it's okay, you know. Allah will help us. Just yeah. make dua. And I always say, okay, I, I totally, I'm, I'm with you. Like, who yeah. doesn't want to make dua, right? Yeah. Who doesn't believe that Allah will help us? Mm. But then my argument is like, then the Prophet would have just stayed in Medina or Mecca, just mm. wait for things to happen, isn't it? Yeah. You need to leave sometimes, you know, like, when you have overwhelming culture and environment that promotes things that are other than what Allah has guided us towards, you, you definitely, I feel you need those times to leave and build yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you ever saw those, um, those old uh, Rocky movies. You know what I mean? Like, like you know what? I mean? Those those, those the worn out gyms. What? They're the bad gyms, you know. It goes back to the hood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Train, you know? Right? Or or like when he fought Ivan Drago, uh, arguably his toughest opponent. Right. Right. <laughs> so he's got to go. What did he do, man? He went out to the mountains, like left everything. Yeah. He's lifting those like yeah, yeah. you know rocks and going. You know what I mean? Right. So getting disconnected, right? But that's a movie. But in real life, or you know, from our dean, and in reality, if you look at uh, Ashab al Kaf, mm. right? I remember my uh, sheikh teaching me once. Sometimes to grow, like if you want to grow a tree, the worst place to put it is in the middle of a forest. Because they're already established. You're trying to grow something, they already have the nutrients, they already established everything. Sometimes to make that tree grow, you gotta make it away from the forest. You know what I mean? You gotta plant it away and then it gives it the space and the nutrients for it to grow. Working on yourself is, is probably the most important part of uh, achieving the objectives of the Ummah. Because Allah SWT says, First, you have to. There's a priority. Yeah. If you don't know how to swim, how are you gonna how are you gonna save someone from drowning? Mm. If you don't know how to fight, how are you gonna defend someone? If you don't know how to do dawah, how are you gonna bring people to the deen? Mm. You have to work on yourself. 
you have to disconnect you have to invest in yourself that's the problem we don't and there's this argument of being selfish if you take care of yourself mm. you buy something nice for yourself bro you're selfish you go to the gym bro you're selfish you uh, you do something that you feel that you accomplish something in and people are gonna say bro you're selfish you're not thinking of your family you're not thinking mm. it's incorrect you have to invest time resources in yourself so that you can give back to this community and to the world mm. the best version of yourself yeah and trust me man, there's so many brothers who have amazing ideas amazing potential the world is never going to find out anything from there it's never going to benefit from them mm. they've never spent time developing themselves yeah they've never spent time unplugging for a little bit just going out there building doing something coming back and giving the best version yeah what do you think is the biggest distraction people have from doing that? Like, what is the biggest impediment that's stopping people from actually taking some real time to make something of themselves? Personally, number one, fear. Yeah. We're afraid. What if we fail? <clears throat> Sometimes we're afraid. We're afraid also. What if we succeed and we don't know how to handle that success? Mm. Next, I think our families. Yeah. People don't understand how important it is to have a supportive family yeah. who believes in your mission. If we look at the NBA, some of the first people that opposed them were their families. Mm. Prophet said his tribe, his own uncles. Mm. If your family doesn't believe in you, you can have a hard time. Mm. But for your family to believe in you, you yourself have to believe in yourself, believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first. Mm. Have a mission and vision in your life that's very, very clear. When people see that, people ask me, oh, what, what do you want to do? You like, oh, I want to do this, I want to be a doctor, I want to be an engineer. No, like, what's your mission? What do you want to achieve mm. in life? Yeah. What What problem do you want to change in this world? I didn't yeah. ask you what job you want to have, bro. Yeah. And I'm telling you that if you if you believe that you've been building that, your wife, your family is gonna also start believing in it. Look at Khadija radiallahu anha. When the Prophet came back after receiving the first revelation, she didn't tell him what's wrong with you. Mm. No, she said, no, you are a man who keeps the ties of kinship and takes mm. care of the orphans and the poor people and the slaves and start listing all the good qualities that he has. Mm. She believed in him. I mean, that's something I would say fundamental uh, for us. Sometimes our families will be against us. And mm. even so, you have to keep pushing. You can't stop. Yeah. How many brothers, you know, their wives or families or mothers or fathers be like, no, you can't. You're, you're not just going out for a football match. Yeah. You're, you're here doing something for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. You want to change this world. Can one person change the world? You bet your best bucks that they can. Mm. Right? They can. But if you stop, the first no that you receive, the first rejection, then that's it, man. You're done. Like, mm. That's why most successful people will never stop. They'll always push. The Prophet said, I mean, everyone told him, no, 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 no. Imagine me and you would not be Muslims today. Mm. It's a start from one man. I think these are so fear and sometimes just the family or the people around you, the close people around you are going to tell you you can't do it. It stops you from the dog. Mm. Do you find that one of the effects of this fear is paralysis? Like they don't do anything. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't really make that first step. Paralysis by analysis. Overthinking yeah. too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, overthinking. That's like, you, you want to tell them, okay, hey, these are some of the things, you, you know, maybe you should do. Get yourself in shape, get yourself mentally mm -hmm. uh, in shape. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I know, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. But it's kind of like they have like 20 things, a list 
they'll make a nice list of 20 things to do, they won't go to the first step. Mm-hmm. It's because it's just paralysis, they're just overthinking that I gotta like, you know, get to this level. And they're already thinking, okay, I'm, you know, if I can't do, it's like, it's like that principle, either I do all of it or nothing. You end up doing nothing actually. Yeah, something is always better than nothing. Yeah. You know, zero plus zero will always get you zero. That's right. When's the last time you camped out here in Canada, like go camping or any of that stuff? It's been a few years in Canada, but alhamdulillah, when I was in Malaysia, the UAE, I'm always out. Yeah. Sometimes I'll spend hours. But you, but you know this is a different days. terrain. You got to come out It here. is a different terrain. I've mean, I mean? experienced some of it, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I do prefer and love the, the desert. Yeah, yeah, the, the Something desert. different. I mean, I've experienced the mountains and yeah. trees and forests. It's yeah. beautiful, mashallah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just something about the wadis and the desert, those rocky yeah. wadis, those, oh, yeah. subhanAllah, something amazing. I can never spend days out there alone if I have to. Yeah. One of the best uh, gatherings uh, we had as brothers is a whole bunch of us brothers. We went uh, really far up north in Saskatchewan. Uh, you, you don't have cell phone service there, but oh, so your cell phone, your GPS, nothing is working, right? Oh, so the brother who, who was with us, he's like kind of, he was an expert in uh, the terrain there and just in, in, in wildlife and all that stuff in general. You know what I mean? A bunch of us brothers, can you imagine? Like we didn't take any, we didn't take any food. So you're going, it's winter time. We didn't take any food. We didn't take any food. Yes, hunting. We hunted and and fished for everything. Allah. So, so we were hunting for deer. We never ended up getting any deer, but we got some grouse, which are birds. Okay. Fresh, oh. brother, like fresh, like you, you skin it right there, and um, we, like just some basic seasoning, like nothing mm. that's crazy. And I and I guarantee you, it tasted much better than any five-star uh, restaurant. You know what I mean? And it's so. It was such a primal experience because we're literally, as we're eating it, there's a little bit of buckshot and the per. You're like picking it out here to eat the buckshot of this, you know, thing that you just shot. So we're eating it, just frying it like an open flame, you know. And uh, we brought bread though. We brought some pita bread to to have it with. And then in the morning, we went to the lake. And can you just imagine, just like within an hour, we we I think we caught like 10, 12 fish, just within one hour. You know what I mean? Like fresh. And then again, on a pan, like a flame, we're just like uh, cooking and we're all just gathered around just eating this like fresh fish, you know? And it was like one of the most, uh, it's hard though, like you're going out there, you're trekking, it's cold, uh, you you know, we're we're driving around and it's like endless, endless uh, forest and these little inroads and things like that. Yeah, yeah, it was winter. It was winter. Uh, but and then we were staying in these um, these cabins and you know there's no plumbing and stuff like that right? <laughs> like it's but you know subhanallah it was it was awesome it's like one of the did best experiences like water what did you get in the cold we didn't get in the cold water oh, yeah, was, oh, that's cold that's water, next level man. that's 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 pri- next pri- level pri- therapy, man. <laughs> yeah 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah no that's uh, you know that's that's next level you do that the yeah four degrees yeah I can do about 20 minutes at 40 degrees. 20 minutes, that's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, it's just, you you feel like you you shave about 10 years. Yeah. Go back to being young. (laughs) How how often do you do that? 
I haven't done it for all, but I do I do the cold showers. Yeah, yeah. And I love Canada because you guys have cold water. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Malaysia don't have no cold water. Okay. Yeah, so I love that. That's fine. But yeah, I need to. Uh, I haven't done it for a while. It's just amazing though. Yeah, it's hard to find uh, the cryotherapy place today. I think they do it. We need to check it out. Yeah, it'd be nice to. Yeah. But for recovery, very good. Oh, especially with those, right? Yeah. To sports and working out. Yeah. It's really, really amazing. Recently, I had a conversation with uh, Dawood Walid, who wrote a book on Fatua, uh, chivalry, manhood, things like that, right? So one of his propositions was we need to build guilds, like, you know, these like, kind of clubs where right. people can develop uh, to becoming uh, the men. And you, you, need, you need that support structure, essentially. I think that's what he's getting at because there's so many forces that are pushing you away from that. So what's your uh, thoughts on that? 100%. That's what I was saying uh, yesterday in the conference as well. That our communities have to have. Listen, our Islamic schools, the curriculum, in the masjid, it has to be. There has to be. And that's what I was asking about, right? This mighty. <laughs> mighty Muslim as well. Mighty Muslim as well. Yeah, that's the next phase that you need it for. for mighty Muslim. It's more in line with the men, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. We need those kind of services for, for men. Yeah. Men have been told that, hey, if you congregate with this kind of intention of being mad, it's like toxic, it's not good. Mm. And some are even pros and men to stop working out because it develops toxic masculinity. Mm. So, but you know, they, they definitely encourage it for women. Yeah. So we need, we need clubs, we need organizations. That's how I developed the Muslim Alpha Men course. Oh, so you have a course? I do have a course. Oh, yeah. It should be launched in the next few days. I work. Oh, we work quite hard on this. It's taken a long time because it's just a couple of people working on it. You know, yeah. We have the resources, but yeah. it's happening. I mean, it's kind of in line with what I've been preaching and saying for the yeah. last 15 years. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing that. Getting back. Just getting men back to the fitra. Yeah. There is a trend too, like uh, with non-Muslims and Muslims offering these types of yeah. courses. So what's going to set you different? What's going to set you apart? Uh, what do you envision yourself bringing to the table? Right, I would say it's. Uh, I know some. There's a couple of people have launched it before me. Yeah. But I would. I would like to say that I'm probably one of the first ones to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, back in the days, in my book class, in the Huda TV programs, when some yeah. of these brothers didn't exist yet. Yeah. The Dao scene. I'm not trying to say, oh, hey, but it's the reality. Yeah. Uh, but you know, experience does matter. It does. You know what I mean? Like you can't talk about uh, things that you haven't experienced or. You know, like sometimes you talk about like you have these uh, brothers who have not been married very long, don't have any kids, right? You know, or maybe they're not even married. Like you can't talk about like <laughs> you know some of these things, right? right. So, so I think what would set up, set out uh, apart my course from others is there's definitely coming from an Islamic perspective. Right now, you have brothers who are in line with the Red Pill. There's a lot of uh, truth to, uh, to some of the things that they say, but then it comes with a lot of negative baggage as well. Yeah. So, indeed, we don't need to extract masculinity from from other systems. We have it in our yeah. being. So, I've tried my best to... But you know, I evidence. feel the fundamental flaw when you follow any of these ideologies is you extract principles 
purely from analogy, yes. right? Whereas we extract principles, we can, there is part of uh, our mechanism of learning, developing, knowing the truth, seeking the truth, is we use PS, we use analogy, yes. Yes. but those foundational principles in the Quran and Sunnah serve as your framework, yeah. as your anchor. If you don't have that, like you're like any other type of philosophy. You just use analogy. You just try to create right. something from nothing. That's true. That's what I appreciate about you because I see some of these brothers talking about red pill this, red pill that. You know what I mean? It's like... Well, why are Muslims... Uh, why, why do you think Muslims are so attracted to it? Yeah. So we don't have our own role yeah. models, our own brothers who speak about this. Yeah. It meant that the youth cannot connect to some of the brothers who are preaching. Yeah, big time. You have big to speak time. the language to people. As yeah. Allah says in the Quran, right, that He has sent prophets from their own people in their own languages. Yeah. Right? You have to have that connection. If you don't have that connection, you don't know how to speak the, the slang <coughs> of the youth, yeah. the street talk, you know what, what they're into. Yeah. It's going to be very hard to reach out to them. Prophet was very well established in his community <coughs> yeah. before he started preaching. He yeah. knew who he was, he, had, you know, he was in line with what was going on there. You identified one thing for sure though, like too many of like our Imams, our, you know, ex the, the ones that get the most airtime, you know, people speaking to the Muslim community, sometimes on behalf of the Muslim a lot of their advice and what they focus on is not practical. And the algorithm is not going to push someone like uh, you and I, like I was telling the brothers yeah. too, right? Yeah. With your podcast. Yeah. I mean, some of the things, the production, the quality is so amazing. The algorithm is not pushing. Yeah. They don't want that. Right? Yeah. They want just weird stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, it's sad. It, it, you know, the stuff that gets pushed sometimes, I'm like, is the world so different? You know what I mean? I'm like, is the world, but it's not a good reflection of the reality. Because you talk to brothers in real life, like uh, last night, so many of the brothers, man, they're thirsty, they're connected. You know what I mean? And I think that's the difference that we as an ummah have to understand. What's the difference between people online, which are just viewers? Mm -hmm. It's anybody, and it's being pushed by whatever mechanism that's there, right? That mechanism has an agenda, That's right. you know? A mistake, an assumption people make is they think that these algorithms are impartial. Mm. <laughs> you, know, you understand what I'm saying? Right. They're saying like, oh, it's just wherever the demand is, that's where the algorithm. Right. No, that algorithm is seriously flawed. Like it was, it's flawed in the sense if you're trying to use it as a mechanism for justice. It's flawed in that sense. Right. But there is an agenda. It has uh, pieces built within it to push forth certain narratives, certain thoughts, certain, you know, views, agendas, everything, right? 100%. So, yeah, like, um, I don't know, like, how, I think sometimes just, it's, uh, it's just amazing that I, we are able to even connect or discover people like yourself, you know, online. Because you see the same type of, like, reminders, the same type of, like, talking points, you know, like, same type of things. Oh, man, we need to do everything and the women don't have to do anything in the relationship. I mean, that's like the worst advice you can give anybody in a marriage. Like, why are you you're setting people up for failure? You know what I mean? And then like, how do, I'm like, how do these like, you know, 
you probably uh, know what I'm talking about. Some of these psyop uh, YouTube accounts where you know the it looks like a Muslim sister teaching people just how to like you know wear hijab or Muslim fashion, and then mm -hmm. like then just take get this huge audience and just you know lead them astray. You right. know what I mean? Right. So I think that's probably the worst place um, to really learn and connect with people you know what I mean stuff that you and I talked about it's yeah. not very comfortable is it yeah people don't like to be challenged yeah. like yesterday when you raised your voice right yeah you saw how people reacted yeah, yeah. right because they're not used to that yeah but it, it like wakes you up like hello like wake up man yeah. Yeah. because it's real right the process yeah. M sometimes yeah. would get red on the member Sometimes you have to raise your voice, right? Yeah. People, like after sometimes after some khutbas, when I give some khutbas, people yeah. like, "Why are you angry?" Yeah. Or people message me, "I'm like, why are you always angry?" Yeah. Like start swearing at me. Yeah. Like, oh, bro, you always angry. This, <laughs> after that, you're angry. Oh, bro, what's wrong with you? Yeah. You know, go go for some uh, counseling. <laughs> Weird stuff. I'm like, dude, we're angry because of our status in yeah. the ummah and how we how we where we are bro we still feel stuff we feel man man it's we're not sad, dead bro. inside we're, we're, feel. we're feeling it's sad part bro, of perfection of faith is to love and hate for the sake for of Allah, Allah. Allah. that's it you know so you yeah know? i'm gonna get angry sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. when i see these things around yeah. and people are like oh we're okay it's all good yeah yeah don't worry it's just uh it's a smartphone so yeah yeah i i've uh toned down a lot yeah. i used to when i first started getting with buzz i i, I used to very like the most stuff with about might be raising my voice. I toned down a lot, so I just I don't want to, you know, bring it up, right. bring it down, stuff like that. But uh, never tell me that that's not something that we need to do. Like sometimes people just want to like lobotomize you. Mm -hmm. You know, they just yeah. want you to be like this, yes. like drooling guy. Okay, come here, take your pill, go to your room. You know, they just lobotomize your Islam. That's right. Uh, you gotta yell sometimes, you gotta get upset. Like, you know when people say, um, oh, just ignore when people insult the Prophet I think that's the worst advice. You're like helping the people achieve their objective. We should be so upset. It should keep us up at night if someone insults the Prophet Forget about the non-Muslims, I was so pissed off, man. Yeah. Uh, one of these popular speakers Yeah. in one of the videos, yeah. He was asked about insulting the Prophet. Yeah. And he said, I support that. What? I swear to God, bro. He Get said, out of here. Like, I'll, this I'll show the video. Ahlus Sunnah. bro. I said, I support that because this is the right of people to freedom of speech. So I support wow. this kind of. We support that. I mean, he did. I think people really went crazy after. So he did apologize, but yeah. he meant that. Yeah, everyone can backtrack, man. And it's just like, what do you mean? Oh, I support the rights. Yeah. I support the rights of other people to insult the Prophet. That's what yeah. he said. Because I believe it's the best system where people can wow. just, you know, do what they want and it's freedom. And how I was many like, statements? What? Right, this is kufr, man. Yeah, how many statements of kufr can you pack this into a, kufr. To, to a YouTube short? <laughs> and this is a very popular person, bro, that yeah. a lot of people follow. Yeah. But when you get to this popularity, yeah start saying things that are meant to please people then you, you put you, yourself you know, in you danger you become like this intellectual bourgeoisie man yeah. you do this bourgeois uh, bourgeois attitude you know that oh uh, the regular muslims don't understand the depthness of what i'm talking about 
Do you get that right. attitude of arrogance sometimes with some yeah. of these guys? Like, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you the don't regular, know what I'm, you don't, you're just, you're just simple, Awab. like, just you know what I mean? You don't know what you're talking, I'm a scholar. Yeah. I'm at a different level, you just sit there. I swear, man, that Shawar Kameez wearing uncle in Pakistan is burning an effigy right now has more sense than some of these people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, feel something. Feel something. Actually, it's interesting. My sheikh, uh, he told me, like, because uh, he's from Indo, India, India, Pakistan region. And uh, he said that that's one thing you'll see with, like, some of these, like, he calls them gunde, like, the, like thugs, right? Like you'll see with some of them like who are Muslim they're not really they're not coming to the masjid they're not doing any of this stuff the moment somebody like insults our Rasul or does they're the first one to stand up and all these people you see in the masjid all the time praying you know we're really yeah, okay. Sufi everything just quiet nowhere yeah. to be seen the thugs are gonna be like what yeah, yeah. you say yeah it takes the beer bottle you know what I mean so it's like you have to appreciate that like that is actually uh, one of the parts of Iman. See, a person who's doing ibadah and showing that, showing the beer, all this stuff, that's actually a sign that's showing parts of Iman, right? But a person who has an izzah and defending, for example, our Rasul you're telling me that Umar who said like, yeah, Rasulullah, let me like, remove the head right. of this guy. You know what I mean? Let me, and then, no, no, Umar is like, stay back. You're saying your Iman is more perfect than Umar you know, your 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 iman is better than that. No, like we should still. Of course, we're not gonna go, like, do illegal things, but we need to. First of all, I, I think you are you would be dead inside. You are a zombie. You are a drone if you don't feel anger and sadness. If like people like someone insults Rasul or somebody, um, you see the the attacks in, for example, in, in Palestine, right. right? I remember um, this is a Muslim brother after Juma. And uh, it was one of the intifada. So I was like, you know, subhanAllah, like I was talking to him about this. I'm like, can you believe this is happening? I was I was really upset, right? The, you know, I think they were bombing Gaza at the time. So this is many years ago. And you know, the bro Muslim brother, Muslim, after Jama'ah, he said, it's, uh, you know, it doesn't really, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't bother me. This is, this is, this is like a sign of Iman. Like you just, your Iman is deficient, bro. I was talking to one uh, lion man. Yeah. I think I used just a just analogies. Look, man, our problems are not as are not even close to what our brothers in Palestine, all over Syria are going through. Yeah. Because I can't even be bothered about that, bro. Because I just have my own issue. That's <laughs> like, bro, it's not easy. I can't. Said, I can't be bothered about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, subhanallah. Yeah. That's what we reach. You can't. You can't be bothered about that. Yeah. You know, those are hearts, uh, they're dead. Yeah. Those are hearts that are dead. Actually, that's the, the crux of the matter for so many of these issues. Whatever your heart is attached to, what like gives your heart life. For some people, their heart, the blood that pumps in their heart is dinar and dirham. That's, what, that's what's yeah. pumping, you know? Yeah. People, they don't understand. They don't understand. I remember, by the way, funny uh, end story with this brother. Somebody, like from the other part of the country called me specifically to ask a reference about this brother because he wanted to see if whether his daughter would be suitable you know they, they proposed right. to his daughter right so he said like you know i want to give you honest opinion i said well i've never seen him do any sin i haven't seen him do anything haram i haven't seen him like he goes to the masjid like i see him go to masjid i see him like 
involved with like Muslim Students Association and all that stuff. It's like there's one thing, I don't know if it's gonna bother you, it bothered me, I didn't like it. To me, my understanding of the Dean, uh, I felt that this is something, a weakness in him, but I don't know if it, it was something that uh, would bother you, right? He said, no, no, tell me, tell me, tell me. I'm like, well, and I told him exactly what happened. I'm like, you know, in, you know, this, uh, you know, issue happened, like the Philistines were bombing, and then he's like, this is what he said. And I felt this is the thing that just bothered me, but I haven't seen him do like any like haram things and, right. and other stuff like that. I don't see him as like being- I would like have married my daughter to you know what I mean? like that, bro. Well, you, know, you know what he said? He said, yeah. no, that does matter to me. Some, did you see this? The father, was, the father was like, no. That does. I, I'm not gonna you know, have my daughter marry him. <laughs> right? You understand what I'm saying? And you know that do, that that father had hikmah because you don't care about the ummah t tomorrow. You might you might not care about your daughter. Daughter. You know what I mean? Okay. All right, brother. What do you think of the office? Shalom. That's where it's at. All right. So, to our viewers, Zamakhir for tuning in. Remember, we live by the hub, we die by the hub, and just when you think life is stuck, tune in to life hub. So, uh, I like that. <laughs>